Hey, I'm Daniel, and this is Markers on the Map. This week we covered two remakes from the early 2000s. The first is the return of classic Super Monkey Ball in Banana Mania, and the second is a trip back to the 1930s in Mafia Definitive Edition. I gotta say, we're really happy with our games this week. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. talk about my history with the Kingdom Hearts series. You have a history with the Kingdom Hearts series? I have a large history with the Kingdom Hearts series. Alright, is it a good history or a bad history? Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's talk about it. But where to start? So remember when I was younger, I told you my first console was a Wii, which came out in 2006. I do recall that, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't have a console before then. I had handhelds, but I had a friend who had a, a uh, PlayStation 2, and at this point, it was like after Kingdom Hearts 1 had come out, but before Kingdom Hearts 2 had come out, and we decided to get him a copy of Kingdom Hearts for his birthday, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go over for his birthday and, and, and watch him play it, and I was like mesmerized by it, I was like, oh wow, this looks really cool, and All the Disney characters are here and everything. So I was like, man, I wish I had, you know, something that could play Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. But then they decided they'd release a game for the Game Boy Advance called Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. It is a game that's essentially like the same world as Kingdom Hearts 1, except you use like a card system to like select your attacks. And it's kind of like a real-time RPG played out with decks of cards that get shuffled around and different cards do different things or cast spells like that. And as a kid, I really enjoyed that game. All right, card game, card game. Seems to be that. That's the trend now. Yeah, well, it's the trend nowadays, but I think the way Chain of Memories did it for a Game Boy Advance game was pretty cool for the time. Um, so then Kingdom Hearts 2 comes out in, in 2005, and my my same friend picks it up. And it's got, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, it's got Tron, it's got all kinds of cool stuff in it, and I watch him play, it's got Timeless River, this black and white, like, Steamboat Willie, um, Disney Universe, I really like it, and I'm like, still don't have a, <laughs> still don't have a console at that point. So, I get the Wii in 2006, mm-hmm. but the next Kingdom Hearts game I get is 358 Days Over 2, and that is a DS game. Where you got to play as like the big villains of the Kingdom Hearts universe, and you got to play as like Mickey, and it was actually really fun and kind of cool. And then came my favorite Kingdom Hearts game, which is for the PSP, Birth by Sleep, which lets you play as like Ventus, Terra, and Aqua. Aqua went on to become my favorite character of, of Kingdom Hearts. So it's all good at this point. I have no problems with the series. It's just these fabled main entries that I've never played up to that point, like, or never owned. I've seen them played, um, and I've given them a try. So they come out with Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 for the PS3. And let me tell you, these were my first time owning the, the main two games at this point. The intros to this game, both of them. Mm-hmm are so long and dragged out (laughs) and they never they just it's like find the coconut in the beginning of kingdom hearts one and i was stuck on it for literally hours and and then you go to traverse town and it's nothing special and then you realize that the battle system of the first two games was a little clunkier than you remember when you were a kid like oh this was really cool when i was a kid but now you're saying like oh the gameplay hasn't aged super well and you know i i accepted that I would not beat one and two. That's fine. But I was really interested in three. Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh-huh. PS4 uh, game. I remember when everyone was pretty interested in that one. Yeah. 14 years in the making at the time. And the amount of needing to have played every spinoff, including the mobile game, to understand a lick of anything going on in Kingdom Hearts 3, coupled with the more disappointing implementation of the Disney uh, movies and just generally 
not fun. I have to say, Birth by Sleep was a really good Kingdom Hearts game, and Chain of Memories was alright at the time. The 3D remake was kind of cool for what it did, and 358 Days Over 2 had its moments, but Birth by Sleep is a really good Kingdom Hearts game. Let me tell you about that main series, Mm -hmm. and I know this is getting long-winded at this point, but man, do not like. I do not like the main series Kingdom Hearts, I have to say it. How many main series Kingdom Hearts games are there? How many main series Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, how many are there? There's three main series, and there's Uh like 50 spinoffs. And if you want to understand Kingdom Hearts 3, you gotta play all the spinoffs. You gotta play the mobile game. All I wanted to do was have some cool Disney fun. But what I ended up getting was like, I don't know. I I can't explain it. I think think the YouTuber Dunkey put it best when he said it was all Eeyore. Uh, From what I know about the whole franchise is that the story... Is probably just is just as confusing as the Final Fantasy, or even more some. Like it's more confusing yeah. than Final Fantasy by a lot. Co- co- compared as it compared to now, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of Metal Solid. I think that storyline is very difficult to understand. But when even I don't even know what's going on in Kingdom Hearts, you know you have a very difficult storyline. It's story incomprehensible, line. Robert. Yeah. It's incomprehensible, this Kingdom Hearts. The main series has, has got so much baggage with these spinoffs behind it that it's incomprehensible. And I say that the moral of the story is Kingdom Hearts 3 had a Pirates of the Caribbean world, and it was really cool. It was, like, the only good part of that game. They should take that and make a whole game out of it, and, like, I will be happy. But they won't do that. No, they won't. Because most people didn't like that Pirates of the Caribbean section in Kingdom Hearts 3. Really? But what I'm getting at is that Sora is the final character in Smash Bros. And here we go to the major story. There we go. (laughs) Before we get to that, (laughs) you're listening to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where now that we got all that out of the way, we can get to the real meat of the story here. But before we do that, my name is Daniel, and I'm here as usual with my good friend and co-host Robert. How have you been this week? Uh, fine. Yeah, everything's still normal-ish, you know, as it could be. How have you been? I've been all right. I have been playing a lot of something we're going to talk about later in the show. Uh, other than that, just hanging out. This episode's going up on the same day that a game I've been waiting, you know, 19 years for, Metroid Dread, comes out, so... Ooh, I'm excited. (laughs) I'm really stoked for it. Anyway, let's get right into this. Smash Bros. Ultimate's development is finally coming to an end. Wait, no. When did did Smash Bros. comes out? 2018, right? 2018. I think... 18. Okay, that's when I picked up my Switch then. The day I picked Mm -hmm. up my Switch is the day Ultimate came out. So that'll also be coming up pretty soon, actually. What, November, I think it came out? I, it was either end of November, early December, but yeah, it it's coming up on its like third year here. Uh-huh. So three years, but uh, two season passes. Now, I played a lot of Smash when it first came out, but as, you know, what tends to happen with a game like Smash Bros. or Splatoon, I tend to fall off really quickly. I did come back a while for uh, Joker, but I've not really revisited the game at all since. And, you know, we have our share of alright DLC characters. I think the greatest one was Joker, but then people would argue Banjo-Kazooie was a really great choice. And I see on on forums, a lot of people were really fans of Terry being in uh, Smash Bros. And we have a few that are, you know, Byleth. Not everybody's into that. I wasn't. Yeah, not everybody was into Minecraft Steve. Not everybody was into Sephiroth, but ultimately, like... The hits and misses are kind of equaled out for me personally, just as an onlooker to someone who hasn't picked up all the DLC. But I can't... I'm not going to say that Sora wasn't, like, an obvious choice of who it could have been. I know Sora won the popularity poll of most requested character. And I'm not going to complain about it. But... (laughs) I had this idea that it could have been Masahiro Sakurai, and I think that that would have been cooler. Or the idea that it could have been, you know, Pokey from Mother 3 and they could have put him in as like, you know, Smash Bros made like Mother 3 a known thing and 
they could have added like the villain of that game to like have a new representative from the series or whatever but, or you know now Bino or Emmy from Metroid Dread but mm-hmm. yeah we got Sora I, I, I don't even want to say anything at all I really don't uh, I'm not that big of a Smash Bros. fan. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I you know I liked it honestly. Favorite one was Brawl. Brawl was super fun to play. Uh, I, think I really liked Brawl. Back I really in the day. liked Brawl. Uh, so I'm not a quote unquote hardcore Smash Bros. fan. No, me neither. I just have uh, fun with the single player. It's a party modes, game. It's a party. Yes, game. absolutely. hundred percent. It, it is not. It's not in the same for me. It's not in the same vein as as like Street Fighter. I think even Nintendo themselves wants it to be thought of as a party game. Just from the general, like, it's always been a game where you just have some fun and don't stress about it. Turn all the items up to max or whatever. But at the same time, I don't know. There's a lot of characters. I'm surprised that they're just like, oh, we're not going to do any more DLC. When there's still a lot of characters people want in this game. But they're just yeah. like, it's over. And I don't know. It may be difficult to get licensing done, but... I mean, they got Sora. He's from Disney. I was saying they literally got him, which is probably the most impossible character to get. The yeah. o- I think the only other one that would have been impossible would have been like, uh, what's the puppet from Mario RPG? Gino. Gino. Everybody wanted yeah, Gino in Smash. Everyone wanted him, but now he's a me costume. So yeah, I I kind of accept the fact that some characters should be me fighter costumes, like uh, Sans from like Undertale. I yeah, I don't think he should have been a whole. Sl- yeah. That's fine. I honestly find those as like fine, like me character costumes. Some of them, no. Most of them, I, I agree. Like, yeah, that should be me costume. It shouldn't take a whole character slot. I almost feel like Sora should have been a me costume. I'm not saying Sora doesn't deserve to be in Smash because this is a t- almost a 20 year old character that's beloved by many. But at the same time, we can have our opinion. I I I will say that at the end of the day. To me, I'm not a Kingdom Hearts fan. I never was interested in it. Not even the whole Disney stuff interests me in it. Uh, it just looked kind of JRPG boring to me. So for me, he's just another. Even though they say he's a no, he's a Disney sword. He's just another anime sword wielding character to me. That's all he is. Uh, like I said, we have way too many of those. The Fire Emblem has taken way too much slots from that, even to DLC stuff as well. They they taken a they taken a, a whole slot from them. So I don't know. Uh, at this point, it's just that uh, I don't care. So if you're happy about it, that's good for you. Because honestly, why should I, who doesn't even play Smash Bros, be over here talking about like he should not be in the game? I really don't even play it that much. So if you, the majority of people, really like him. You know what? That's kudos to them. Like, good for them. I'm happy for the Kingdom Hearts fans. And I'm not surprised at all. Put it that way. But I think we can agree that there is a silver lining for at least the two of us. They do got the costume for Doom Guy in Smash now. Should he have been a full character, though? Or, or me? I don't know. I mean, I'm debating if I'm okay I mean, with that. The, the, the Doom fan in me is saying, yes, he should have been a full-on character. But the reasonable Daniel of, you know, our recording hour is saying, oh, it's fine that he's a me costume. It makes it look like a little Nintendo version of the Doom guy, like a little chibi version. And I think that yeah. works. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it's like I said, I, I, all I know is that actually I don't think there's anything re- releasing soon that I'm hype up for. Oh, Dusk. Guardians. That's true. Guardians is coming up, but no, I'm more I'm more hyped for Dusk. But Dusk is coming out at the end of this month. Yeah, that's that's besides the point. But you know, you know, happy for everyone who's happy about it. But for me personally, I I would give a lot of people have given the season pass very high ratings. I would honestly give the season pass a five out of ten. I feel like the first it, one it was has better, some, even though it had it violence. had some good characters but honestly as a whole like both season passes they weren't that great banjo kazooie joker and kazuya uh, from tekken were like my favorites i really like those other than yeah. that everyone else is either okay and they're just some that uh will not point to bailiff uh that I, I just i'm just like why i still to this day say that the the reveal trailer for joker being in smash is one of the hypest things I've ever seen, but also he was actually the best DLC character overall, and he was the first. <laughs> yeah, 
He <laughs> was the first. Banjo Kazooie. He's got the coolest stage. Banjo Kazooie was like amazing. The trailer for that was amazing, and I think more yeah. people probably resonated with that. But like, you're talking to a Persona Five like top game ever, Persona Five fan. I, I I think I was more hyped when King K. Rool was announced. It's just to be added to the roster. You're right. When Ridley was announced from yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I was, I was way just, more hyped. I was I just about you know. Snake Scanners being back, I was way hyped when Snake was. Re- I remember the back. announcement for Snake when they did Smash Bros. Dojo for Brawl. When Snake got announced and when Sonic got announced, I was in middle mm-hmm. school and I was just—it was a meltdown. It was a complete meltdown. Everybody was talking about it. No, yeah, but you know, what do I have to say? I don't even play Smash I mean, Bros. So. I can't have a meltdown for Sora, but I did have one for Joker. <laughs> <laughs> so that about does it for Smash Bros. Ultimate. We'll see if they. Well, I'm not expecting another Smash Bros. game for a bit. No, I, 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 I can see maybe them adding surprise, surprise. We're gonna add more DLC later down the road, but I, I sh- they should not make another one. The only thing they should do with this one, I don't know. I they should I can just port it, it to the successor to port the Switch. It, yeah, just port it backwards compatibly. I don't know something like that. I guess with that, we'll just pivot into our other couple few topics of this week. You know, God of War Ragnarok got delayed and we kind of know why it got delayed at this point oh we're talking about like i thought it got delayed recently uh, from about, this like, year to announced. next year okay so christopher judge he's the voice actor for uh kratos and he tweeted mm-hmm. this week and it was reported on by you know the big gaming sites he had to have back surgery both hips replaced and surgery on his knee so he's basically saying He's the reason that the game got delayed. And to that I say, Christopher Judge, let them delay the game. You are too good of a man, a human being, and a voice actor, and an artist to worry about that. And I say, you recover all you need, because we can wait. You are more important than than people getting this game early. And I applaud him being like, I applaud him saying those things. And like, he has nothing to apologize for. No, I would 100% agree that he has nothing to apologize for. Um, he, he needs to take as much time as he needs to. Absolutely. Uh, personally, you know, people are different. People can just be like, you know what, I, it, you know, it kind of hurts a little, but I can work through it. You know, I applaud them, but for, for, for me, it's more or less of he can just take as much time as he feels is right. If he wants to take a year off, he can take the year off. I do not mind that. If he wants to take yeah. a couple months off, and you know if he's up for it, he can. But it's, at the end of the day, it's his decision. But I'm applying that they are at least like you know like yeah we can agree with it. You know like you know what we're delaying it because this man who's a pretty big character in the game, he's the main protagonist, needs to arguably take some time off the biggest I, character yeah. in the game. <laughs> so I, I really applaud that you know they're just like you know we're going to delay it. It doesn't matter. There's, you know this person needs to get better before we even can think about working anymore they can work on other things besides like they can do on other things but like you know we can work on things we might have overlooked while you know this was happening yeah we're christopher judge fans on this here show i I, i'm just when 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 a game i know we had this whole thing about delays but when there's a valid reason it needs to be delayed that's what i'm okay with this is a valid 100 percent valid reason to delay a game absolutely and he doesn't have anything to apologize for no he doesn't but it we just gotta shows have how much of a good person Judge he healthy. is. Yeah, it's like he even's like you know what? It's he shouldn't be apologizing, but he still does. Yeah. What I got? And I just wanted to bring this up because I thought it was like a real heartwarming story. Like, nah, dude, we love you. Yeah, IGN <laughs> just, just rated God of War twenty eighteen as like the greatest game of all time from their poll. It is. So it's like, it's come one on, of the best games ever. <laughs> it is absolutely an amazing game. So there's that. And a few other tiny news stories this week before we get into our massive game section. Remember at the beginning of the podcast, maybe even the first episode, when we had this whole thing about, oh, Sony and Bluepoint? Mm hmm. That it should be a smart deal. Yeah, it's like, it's a smart investment and a smart deal for them to pick up Bluepoint. They picked them up this week. <laughs> I hope to see original uh, works, you know, coming in. Maybe they do for the say they're working on original content. Yeah, maybe for the uh, first couple of years, they're going to work on some remakes. I can see them yeah. really working on some old Sony IPs that deserve it, but hopefully we'll get to see some original work soon. 
Yes, there are, are already rumors flying around of what they could potentially be working on. Uh, we're not going to talk about them here today, uh, but it sounds like it will make people happy um, from what I can tell. There's also some rumors flying around about some Konami IP that we are also not going to talk about on here today that would probably make some people happy. But we always talked about how Bluepoint would be amazing if Sony, you know, bought them. And here we are. Mm -hmm. Just a smidge of a year over the first episode of the podcast, and we've, we, we, <laughs> we called it. <laughs> There's a lot but of I things. But I think everybody we, saw I, it coming from a while away. Uh,. After that, Demon Souls, I was like, no, yeah, they, they have to get them at that point. Yeah, I think that was when I said, they're going to get Bluepoint. <laughs> After everything they had done before, I know Bluepoint did MGS HD, I know they did Shadow of the Colossus, and I'm like, when I saw that Demon Souls, I'm like, oh, they got this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Bandai Namco changed their logo. This is a very small story. Have you seen this logo? It's in the Discord. <laughs> Uh, now, this is my thing. Uh, it's alright. It's not the worst I've seen a rework of a, of a, of like, a company redoing their logo. Yeah. But what's... It looks like Twitch. What's the problem with people and companies changing their things way too simple where it doesn't have any character to it? I think that's the problem people are having with this. It's very plain and simple. It, yeah. It does. It's it's. It feels like a, you know the Bandai Namco orange logo. It's kind of cool, but this kind of feels nostalgic. like it's a mix of like Twitch and like regular fonts. No, yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things where what's what is the deal with companies just in, like adding their logos that have been established with them for years and it's just like iconic for them even their like original logos that you know that okay they will never change they'll change it i'm just like why i think staples the the the, the office uh store oh, you yeah. know they changed their logo and i was just like it does not look well yeah every, every, this this logo is like much more simplified and just like it's a it's like a pink rectangle with bandai namco in it it's um, it's like so. if, it's like if McDonald's took their golden arches and made it a lowercase M. I think it would be it would not sit right with people. You, there's just some logos you shouldn't change. Yeah, but you know what? McDonald's has in essence taken off the C and then Donald's and just made it an M, and you kind of know what it is. But it's recognizable. It do, it has its own identity. You know what the yellow over you know what the yellow arches in a bed of red means. Yeah. That's true, but it's like Domino's. They, I think they redid their logo, but that was a they while did. ago. Pizza Hut brought the old logo back. Oh, Discord changed their logo. I remember people Discord were pretty upset about that. Discord did change their logo. It kind of looks like almost Nintendo-like in font. The new Discord mm -hmm. logo. Yeah, but uh, companies, I don't know what they're doing to change. Maybe I don't know. I I don't like things being simple. I like it being detailed and you know have a rich history with it. Yeah, and I thought we were getting out of this simplification thing. Like, originally mm -hmm. I thought the idea was to make it look nice on your app screen, on your phone. But then some mm -hmm. companies started changing it to, like, you know, a little more cluttered. And I was like, okay, are we out of the whole, like, minimalist thing? I like a good minimalism. But, like, Bandai Namco's is a little, like, too minimalist. Like, this is the company that does Dragon Ball Z games and stuff like that. Yeah. So. And speaking of things that are getting changed... Fall Guys uh, had an update where they unveiled their brand new user interface. Um, there's already mm -hmm. some people like complaining about it, so they're probably gonna change it a little more. Um, but it's oh, it's alright. It's okay. It 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 looks like things are organized in a way that's very understandable with the new UI. So I mean, they're gonna start a new event. Uh, I believe the day before this podcast goes oh. up, where they have like a an event every two days to give kudos or something. I, I finally remember what I was going to say. Oh, about the logo. Uh, about the logo. <laughs> Walking back a bit, I actually like the PS3 original logo. Oh, the Spider-Man font. I love the Spider-Man PS3. I loved it, and I kind of was a little upset they just put it back to the P, uh, PS3 and just kind of just looked like a really nice PS... Like a non square ps2 logo and just a ps3 i kind of like that yeah. it was different and that it was unique and it was like oh when you look at that yeah there's two things to think about spider-man or ps3 and and then on the on like kind of mixing the two like to move away from fall guys ps5 cases 
I still think that those boxes should be either white or clear or black, not the mm-hmm. same blue as the PS4 boxes. No, I would, minor I would 100% agree with, like, clear or... or I would say clear. I've seen mock-ups with clear, clear, and it's yeah. really cool. <laughs> and then I don't think I have anything left to say about Fall Guys uh, today. No, but uh, that that you like I, I I saw it and I was like oh it's a little different but it didn't bother me that much. No, I was like, oh, it's not. It's so a little bad. zoomed out when you see your character. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. And things are organized and the menu looks a little different. But if people complain, Fall Guys team is really good about listening to the community. Now I got one last piece of news here. And it's mm-hmm. going to come as a surprise to nobody that we got a Nintendo Direct rumor sponsored by Robert's Game Tip of the Week. And this week's tip is for a classic PS2 game called Mercenaries Playground of Destruction. Today's game tip is don't leave the door open. You're letting all the AC out. Also, the flies are getting in. And if it's winter, you're letting all the heating out. Close it. As if you were a magician. Mm-hmm. My my the thing I was stuck on in Mercenaries Playground of Destruction, I have I have gotten over it. I have succeeded at you know closing the door. Who would have thought people, of that? Pe- to keep the AC? People in, in, yeah, most things they just forget to sometimes you just gotta close the door. You can't just leave it open. I guess it just I guess that's all it really boils down to. It really does. Closing the door really helped me get through that level, and I'm never looking back because that's not a level I want to replay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's our Switch game this week. It's your boy Kamek, and I got a brand new nightmare for Yoshi. <laughs> Darkness unheard of surrounds Yoshi's island, threatening peace and happiness in the land. The Yoshis stand under their favorite tree, saddened as the gloom and doom around them grows. A portal opens in the sky, launching an object directly towards them, a statue of a frog. The Yoshis push down on the statue to activate a switch, and a menacing foe appears. I am Pandemonium. Untold riches lie in the depths of madness. All before me, even the diva were but minions. Pawns and a larger game. The forces of evil will take this land. The Yoshis stare. What's this guy on about when Kamek rides back over on his broom? Who's this? Bring me the head of Mario. Pandemonium shouts. Wait, wait! Kamek stutters. You've got the wrong dimension! A nightmare in Yoshi's island. Pandemonium's forces take over to possess and destroy in the return of true 2D platforming excellence. Traverse the island in ways you've never seen before as gilded demonic forces change the terrain into mighty towers, haunts, and arenas. Transform into new beasts like Dragon Yoshi and Night Yoshi to do battle with a variety of evil spirits who think they're after Wario. Witness the transformation of Yoshi's classic enemies into their new demi-forms, bursting with true pixel art madness as the style of Wario Land meshes with Yoshi's cute style. Challenge over 90 levels of platforming, puzzle solving, and pure gameplay moments as you can collect objects to build a device to send these otherworldly foes back to their own dimension. For an extra challenge, collect the five pandemonium coins scattered around every level. Imbue your eggs with the dark arts to activate in-level portals for arena-based challenges where you can collect new colors and cosmetic items to customize your Yoshi to their fullest extent. Cutscenes and gameplay collide in boss spectacles that have to be seen to be believed. And don't forget, there's local and online co-op as well. It's a nightmare on Yoshi's Island, and our hero will stop at nothing to make sure peace returns to the home they love. It's a spooky good time when Island, from the Book of Yoshi, crash lands on the Nintendo Switch. Now this is interesting because we usually get this really cutesy game with Yoshi. Uh, I don't know, uh, was it Yoshi 64 was kind of a horror game. Those graphics were horrible. Oh yeah, that's going to be on the Nintendo Switch Online Yoshi story. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Interesting that they decide to bring, you know, these are new characters, Pandemonium. He's referencing older mm-hmm. characters from Wario Land, but we are getting a new villain of the Wario series, but he's first appearing in this Yoshi game, which I think mm-hmm. is an interesting twist for Nintendo to have a crossover of a character before he even appears in, in, in a potential main series game. Now, here's my question. Will this be 
connected to Yoshi's epic yarn. Now that now I just I just thought of that right now. Well, it's Kirby's epic yarn, but it's Yoshi Woolly Wait, World. Is... <laughs> oh, is it? I've gotten those them two both? confused multiple times, and I have okay, to. Okay, so I, I had to me. hammer it in that no, it's not Yoshi's epic yarn. It's Yoshi's Woolly World. <laughs> is Yoshi's Woolly World okay? So I wonder if it's tied, to, or maybe it could be tied to Kirby. Maybe I mean it's already crossing over with Wario Land. Something that's way too horrifying to be crossing over with Yoshi, in my opinion. I mean that's Nintendo's fault. They made their games sound very similar. They're both yarn-based games, but that's besides the point. Uh, maybe that's the true horror. Maybe. I just I can't wait to see if any more. Like we love a good crossover potential on this show. I think at this point it's it's just something that happens. Like I love a good crossover. I also find it funny that the game is called Island from the Book of Yoshi. That's kind of a funny title. <laughs> <laughs> from the book. Uh, what, what other title? From the book of... Some- oh, I know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Spiral. Yeah, that's that, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. that's what I'm, I've still yet to see the 4K of that one. I, oh. need, I need to find it somewhere. Anyway, I think as far as these Halloween Nintendo Direct rumors go, I think bringing a character that's known for you know yoshi's crafted world like oh yeah cute 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 gets this this finally gets this like true like terrifying adventure terrifying tales of yoshi stuff like that so i'm yeah. looking forward to it oh, it was, oh man one of, one of these days there's, there's gonna be it's gonna be on the direct yes one, one of these, these days. days you you hearing us joke about gp <laughs> you might have beat us to the punch this time <laughs> I'm still holding out for Cooking Mama Cart. Oh, that's possible, maybe. Yeah, you never know. It's a maybe. <laughs> Alrighty, with that being said, we got some time to talk about games this week. So, why don't I go ahead and start with Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania? Alright, take it away. Alright, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. I've been waiting for this. Um, so, a little bit of history. Um, Banana Blitz was my first Monkey Ball game on the Wii. And then I played Monkey Ball 2 for the GameCube, and I found it to be, like, really difficult. And then, you know, you play some spinoffs here and there, like Touch and Roll and all that. Um, so, a few years ago, they did a remake of Banana Blitz uh, for, you know, Switch, PS4, Xbox. And it was really cool, and I didn't have any problems with it. I actually beat the game this time. But my problem with Banana Blitz as a, as a whole is that there are boss battles in it that really slow the pace and progression mm-hmm. of a Monkey Ball game down. It's just don't put a boss battle in that game. Um, what I did like was the jump mechanic, but Banana Blitz was kind of made around the jump mechanic, so it's not going to break the game or anything. And mm-hmm. it was, like, decently easy. There was one level, Ultra Heaven 5, it's in the final world, that took me three hours to complete because it's just full of random nonsense and it's very difficult other than that most levels were fine and cool i like banana blitz i just don't like the bosses most people wanted them to do a remake of one and two so one and two were originally bundled together after they'd released the super monkey ball deluxe and that's what banana mania is a remake of so you start by doing the story of monkey ball 2 which is the story mode from Deluxe. And you find that, yes, you can't jump in Banana Mania, but the levels are not, you know, revolving around it. So you've Mm got to find interesting ways of tilting the board to get the ball to go where you want it. And Monkey Ball 2 is, like, notoriously gimmicky. So the first two worlds are very straightforward and simple, but by the time you're getting to World 3 and 4, they are asking you to do things that are very precise movements um you might have to go um through the the bristles of a giant comb that keeps spinning around and if it hits you just slightly it'll knock you off the stage you might have to um roll into like a a gear that's turning and and roll in at just Mm -hmm. the right time to get to the goal otherwise it'll knock you off the stage um you might have to roll and you know launch yourself without having a jump button across these bracelets that are you know, giant, you know, Sonic-like rings in the air and just hope that you are going fast enough to make it to the next one and then the next one and then the three after that to get into the goal. So Monkey Ball 2 is very gimmicky. Immediately, the difficulty in this game, like I always said Banana Blitz 
jumped in difficulty at world six like 100 percent. this does it earlier like mm-hmm. this starts out pretty difficult and then just goes nuts at like world three however however you can purchase in this game a jump now purists will argue that the jump is broken to those purists i say don't buy the jump because the jump has infinitely like expanded the fun i'm having this game i decided to buy the jump on the 82nd level of the story mode because i was getting really frustrated with it i'm like okay i'm gonna buy the jump and you know it still took a few tries even with the jump but then i go and uh revisit old stages with the jump now you can completely break the game with the jump like you can jump straight into the goal when the game wants you to roll around this whole arena so some levels are fundamentally broken by the jump the cool thing about Mm -hmm. it is that it's optional it's it's there for when you want it and you don't have to use it at all and as a matter of fact it won't even save your best times if you're using it so if you really care about you know rankings and being a monkey ball purist uh which i don't care about either of those things because i just love the series turn the jump off for me, it's made it uh, uh, way more fun. I've gone through the challenge modes, Monkey Ball 1 and 2 challenge modes, where you play mm-hmm. set levels, um, like like literally 200 levels from the two games, um, special modes like that. Uh, I always found Monkey Ball 1's mo- uh, stages to be a bit more easy to do in that marathon setting versus the gimmicks of 2, so you've got you know, levels that are more straightforward in separate playlists from the ones that are going to, you know, tax you for, you know, 90 mm-hmm. minutes if you're trying to do 60 of them. Um, but the goal is always the same, jump or no jump. You're rolling this ball into a goal, and mm-hmm. it's so addictive. I've spent almost 20 hours playing it this week. I've all but ignored every other game I'm playing this week, and I've just been playing Monkey Ball. <laughs> You could buy characters, uh, you could buy clothes, you could buy sunglasses. I got my little Galaxy sunglasses in my Sega shirt. <laughs> uh, there are 12, I think, mini games. There's a full golf game in there, full mini golf. There's a baseball game, there's tennis, and it's just as competent as any of the Mario Golf or tennis games or baseball. Um, there's like a boat one, there's like a racing one that's like Mario Kart except Monkey Ball that's really fun, and I barely scratched the surface of the bonus modes, but man, the music remixes and the classic music is all good, the character selection's cool, although it's missing Knuckles, which is a shame. I, I just, I'm having tons of fun with it. I, I'd say that... I have some big accomplishments in it so far, like hitting a a warp goal that is notoriously difficult on pure accident and doing Mm -hmm. that ring one the first try the other day after, you know, almost spending like an hour, like not an hour, but like a half an hour on it the first time. Um, So this is a game that like, it's immediately rewarding. You come in to Monkey Ball, you hit a button, you start playing, and you're just playing the whole time. So I, even though it's it's frustrating at points, I can't help but just continue to want to play and enjoy myself because I'm having so much fun with it. And I, I, I can't stress this enough. Not many games do that at all, ever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a, a a hot topic of conversation. I think on this show, the the Monkey Ball game, and uh, I I gotta say, I think they they nailed it with this one in just. A, a wealth of content and fun to be had jump or no jump and i'm telling you there's levels that take people months years to be that i just jumped to the end of and it was kind of funny but at the same time like hey man they put the jump there for it to be used so it's real good <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, it's just how how much was this? This was this is a is this a full sixty dollars? No, it's forty, but I paid ten more for 40. the digital deluxe for early access. But yeah, the amount of content in here, the amount of content, the amount of content you're getting out of this. Yeah, like it's just there's three hundred and fifty six stages. Banana Blitz only has a hundred. That's interesting. Yeah, and um, this game doesn't have boss battles. <laughs> which Banana Blitz has, Oi. which really slows that game to a crawl. It doesn't, so it doesn't have boss battles. No, Classic Monkey Ball does not have boss battles. That was something that Banana Blitz did. That seems so weird. 
but at the same time, how old? Wait, how old? No, I feel I'm confused now because I feel like that's weird. That's something. That's just something. That is something a little different. It did not have boss yeah. battles. Monkey Ball was always about the physics of the game, and like mm-hmm. speaking of the physics, like they're real physics. Sure, that doesn't mean I'm gonna not blame the game when some nonsense happens. I'm like that wasn't my fault. That's the game's fault. But that's just me. <laughs> the physics are like great in it. Um, but yeah, boss battles. That was something they added for the third entry in the in the Monkey Ball series in uh, Banana Blitz, and most people do not like those boss battles, and they're kind of whack. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's what stops me from replaying that game uh, a lot. But this one, I've gone through all the stages like three times already, like literally all of them. <laughs> so I can't complain. That Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, I'm having a total blast with it. I'm gonna just have to have to pull myself away from it uh, for Metroid. <laughs> Oh dang, Measure It is coming yeah. out. It comes out the day this podcast goes up. You're gonna, I'm gonna probably pry Monkey Ball away from you and tell you that Metroid's out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I played some other things, but I want to get to what you played next. Uh, I didn't play nothing. Oh. I haven't played nothing. Oh. All jokes aside, I think this game came out a year ago. Pretty soon, we're coming up on the year, but I've always. Like, I've always was just like, you know what, if this game is 20, I'll pick it up. And it has been for a while, but eventually I found it physical for 20, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to pick it up. And we're going to talk about Mafia Definitive Edition. I don't know if it should be a surprise, but I I would consider myself at least a Mafia fan. I played Mafia 1 before I ever played a GTA. Mafia 1 was my first kind of introduction to that type of genre of game it is in the same vein of like saints row and like grand theft auto and it's kind of like that first one the original one i didn't get far into it i just really played it surprise surprise i forgot the original did have like a free roam option so we'll, we'll talk about obviously because the reason why we're talking about the original is because obviously this definitive edition is a complete remake of that one uh there's a lot you can get on on that uh, a lot to get into the comparison between them both but we're not we're gonna just talk about the definitive edition how honestly i am very pleased at hangar 13 and how well they're kind of taking the mafia series uh they started with three because two was the i forgot who who developed two but they didn't develop two they hangar three and then this one and it starts off in the fictional city of lost uh, heaven which is basically based on the real life location of Chicago, Illinois, uh, 1930s prohibition, uh, pre World War II. So it's from 1930 to 1938. That's when the game takes place. Probably when the Great Depression ended in what 1930, like not, uh, like after, yeah, like kind of like before World War, like right when the war probably started. We kind of had the so because obviously well, it, it was takes mostly place in, during the 1930s. Yeah. 1930s was the really in America was the thing we call it had the Great Depression. I believe other countries, but that's besides the point. So it takes place during that time frame. You're uh, you're Tommy Angelo, a, a, a hardworking cab driver. You know, you're just you know a cab driver. You know, in this working in the city late nights because late nights apparently paid well. And uh, here comes these two gentlemen called Polly and Sam, and they're in a bit of trouble. So then they get into your taxi and tell you to drive them to wherever they want to. And then there's this whole chase sequence, and there's all this stuff. And then Tommy takes Polly and Sam to the location to I think it's, uh, but basically they 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 go back to Mr. Salieri's, uh, I think I think it's his bar. I think he owns it. And then they basically tell him to wait there. And then Sam comes back with an envelope full of money and tells him that like, uh, if you're looking for more work, the Don will like to see you, uh, in the sense of. You know, just, like, doing some errands for him. And that's kind of, like, where I'll end it with story-wise, because I don't want to spoil it. Because even though this game is from, like, 2002, it has a pretty interesting and still great story. Yeah. Even for what little this remake had to go off on. So, I will say that the time period, the vehicles... Everything seems pretty, pretty like accurate to the time frame. Like everything seems like right. Like nothing seems out of place until <laughs> this is real funny. I kept, I kept, I, I had a real good laugh with this one. So 
with every definitive edition of the Mafia series, from 1, 2, and 3, because they re-released 2 on modern consoles as well, um, they added a lot of DLC, a lot of cosmetics, a lot of stuff. But the one thing they added were vehicles. And the vehicles include uh, Lincoln's... I forget what hit... I forgot what hit... But basically, Lincoln is takes place in the, in the 60s, 70s. So he has like a... A 1960 like muscle car. I, mm. I honestly don't remember what it's called in the game. But what's so funny is that that same car is in all three games yeah. as like DLC. So I'm just in 1930s <laughs> Los Angeles, like so quote unquote Los Angeles, you know, Chicago, and I'm just driving in a 1960s car and I'm going like faster than everyone else. Uh-huh. Uh So that's that's real funny. So there is some things where you can make it, you know, not correct because obviously that car shouldn't exist in that time frame but more or less the game will force you to drive their the vehicles they choose for certain story missions there, there's there's a lot i can get into we could probably have a whole separate episode maybe a, a, a different topic on the whole series as a whole but i will say mafia one story-wise i would give it an an eight seven mm. like seven and eight it has some things where it feels like it progressively goes a little too quick. Like, is there's a lot of things happen pretty quick, and I feel like they could have had more missions to explain what happens in between it. Because there's times where it'll be like, it'll be 1930, and next thing you know it's 1932. So like two years pass by, and they didn't really explain what happened in between then. It just kind of like happened. So I would feel like, well, maybe they could have added some more missions because I believe there's in total 20 missions. Ah, okay. So it's not that long of a game. I beat it within a day. Now. Gameplay-wise, have they improved upon what I'm imagining is a bit more archaic gameplay from the original release of Mafia One? Yeah, so so game so uh, that's gonna be my next topic is uh so I I will say I'm pretty good at Mafia I'm as like as a game like I'm pretty I would say I beat Mafia Two on hard difficulty pretty easy mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at that type of series so surprisingly yes they fixed a lot. Uh, I did not know this, as I said, I didn't really play the first one, but the original first one did not have a cover system. So this one does have a cover system. I will say that this, if you play three, and I'm I'm not talking about three, like, release day, because I did, I do, will acknowledge that the three on release day had so many glitches and problems. This is three at the moment right now, where they refined it, they've fixed it, they've added patches to fix everything, and everything works fine now. So everything pretty much feels all right. It feels like your standard, you know, open world third person sandbox game. Uh, and I honestly enjoy the fact that this is more in the vein of RDR two. It's a simulation type of game where, like, obviously in like GTA, your character can have so many weapons, but in this one and in three, you can only have two weapons. You can have a primary and a secondary, and that's about it. Uh. Everything feels fine. Opening, closing doors is all correct. Walking doesn't feel like he's stiff, and he doesn't feel like walking so freely. He feels like an actual how what an actual person would walk like in real life. And every all the other NPCs kind of function correct. There's like hiccups here and there, but they're not like game breaking. This ruins everything. It's just more or less like okay, this this certain NPC that I just you know uh, I took down is now just like jerking a little bit he's like kind of shaking but not to the point where it's like it's gonna ruin the like the immersion of the game yeah it's not that terrible is it running at 30 or 60 i know two runs at 30 in the remake right but is this what's this I one running at? so i want to say since it's a ps4 game it's gonna run 30 i believe it was 30 okay. maybe it might have been 60 i was not really because if it is 30 it's not that it's not worth it's like not terrible it okay. is not a terrible 30 frames. If it is running 30, I'm surprised that it is because it doesn't look that terrible. I believe it was 60, though. Gameplay is also uh, combat-wise. So this is what I told you when I first discussed it. Tommy is not a soldier. And the reason why I'm saying this is because in Mafia 2 and Mafia 3, Vito and Lincoln are both soldiers serving in war. You know, the time period that it takes place in. But with Vito, he was a soldier by force. He was forced to join the army and to fight uh, the war. While Lincoln purposely volunteered to join the war. So when you look at Vito, he's somewhat, you know, combat well. Like, he can he can fend off pretty well. But Lincoln is just... When, when you play as Lincoln, uh, he's just... 
the best in combat in general. His his, his whole mechanic of combat, they really nailed that down. That he, This feels like a trained soldier who is dedicated to his work, and he knows what he's doing. Tommy, though, he's just an average guy. He's not he's not this like guy who came back from the Great War. He's not this guy who, who wants to pick a fight. He's just an a, a, a everyday cab driver who just so happens to get, you know, to cross that path and, you know, to uh, to just, you know, just to be there. Surprise, surprise, they say, like, oh, yeah, you're the best, you know, you're the best shooter and you're the best driver. But driving in this game, I believe it's on purpose because we're talking 1930s cars. These are these are cars that I don't believe have power steering. Yeah. Uh, it's very sim-like. They even have, like, a even on normal, it still has the simulation, like, feel. And there is okay. a sim mode. When you when you play the classic difficulty, everything is sim. Like, the driving, the combat, everything is like that. So, uh, I think, purposely, even though it may have... Coming off of 3, you may have, like, oh, the, you know, the driving's a little weird and the combat's a little weird. I believe it's on purpose because they're trying to drive the point that Tommy is not a soldier. He is not, like, this, like... These cars aren't these like modern day vehicles that people be driving in GTA and even in Mafia Three. Like these are some old vehicles from the 1930s. As a, as a whole, Mafia One, I would say the experience. I would give it as a whole with the combat, with the story, just on that alone, it's uh, a seven, uh, and then higher an eight. If you want to give it a six, you can, but I I see that's being a little too harsh because it did everything right. It kept the core like story, but what's really great about this one, they didn't do a destroying humans uh, like the two remakes. They're just like reusing the same voice roles. It's new voice roles. They're completely different. Mm. So they had to get new actors to not only do the voices but to also do the like the motion caption. That's what they had to do. So it seems like they put a lot of work into it, which is what you they like did. to see from a remake. Obviously, you don't you don't want your remake to just be uh, a, a remaster. You want it to be a remake. Yeah, it's a complete remake. And like I said, I'm I applaud Hangar Thirteen because this is not a a, a, a studio that's that's like like I said like Rockstar, where they've they've had other experience and they've worked with other games. Like at, Rockstar right now is because they've worked their way up to be at this point they weren't gta 4 or red dead 2 from the get-go they were original top-down grand theft auto and gta 3 and all these other type of games rockstar games presents table tennis for the wii yeah they did midnight club they did they did other friends they did the warrior tie-in movie uh they've done a lot so what i'm saying is that if this is hangar 13 barely starting and if they continue to put in the amount of work and effort as they did to this remake of the first one, I am looking forward to to see if they make a Mafia 4. Because if you compare 3 to this one, even though they're same like uh, engine and same code, you can tell they, they understand how the engine works now. Like I said, there's yeah. like little hiccups, but not that much to, to take away. Like to be like, oh yeah, they, they messed. No, this is... I would say a complete, how would I say, this is a game that they can probably use as like a a, a, a pinpoint to say that it's only going to get better from here yeah. because it has. It's like it's a proving better. thing. Like Mercury yeah. Stream did a remake of Metroid 2 for the 3DS and now look at them. They're making the actual Metroid sequel because they proved themselves. Like they, they took classic gameplay and refined it with the remake and now they're in the main series, the literal main series. Yeah, like they they proven themselves. As like for me, like I played the original one and I played two. Two is a ten out of ten story, by the way. We'll talk about like I said, we can have our own discussion if, if we ever ever re come back to this. Maybe one day you'll play and then we can actually have a whole discussion. Well, yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, what's surprised too is that not only does the story just benefit so well between the rewrites and the re editing and the retelling of the story and just adding new things to make it you know better, they had. They uh, came back with the free ride mode. There's a sandbox mode. So if you want to just explore the city, you can. They added a lot of NPCs, a lot of vehicles, a lot of things to it. It's still strict on the whole, like, two weapons, you know, a primary or secondary. But, you know, you have a garage full of vehicles. You have all this stuff. And what's cool, and I didn't know this, is that the sandbox mode even has, like, special missions in that mode. That they're only obtained in that game. And I will let you know that some of those side missions, I was looking, I was like, these are pretty interesting side missions and Easter eggs in this game. 
Uh, and it's really worth diving into the sandbox even after finishing the main story. It's it's a good story, great, uh, you know, pretty great message at the end and, you know, ending. Uh, Tommy is probably, Tommy Angel's probably one of the greatest fictional characters pretty up there because he's kind of iconic now to me at least because Vito, I, I, w- I will say that even, honestly in general, all the Mafia protagonists are pretty iconic. They're more iconic than like Claude from GTA 3. Because mm-hmm. Claude was a mute character, and you know he's just, but these characters they talk, they interact with them, and they and they feel like they actually have a motive at the end of the day. Well, what final final verdict on Mafia is? I'm please Hangar Thirteen, and I'm looking to see if they will make a fourth, and if I will say how far should the Mafia franchise go? Because I would say like late nineties. Like early two thousand maybe's, and that may be biased in the sense of I've been watching The Sopranos, but I would actually wouldn't mind seeing the franchise go that far into that amount of future. But like just to end it, kind of there, I can see them like in the eighties or in the nineties because they kind of hit the sixties and seventies with three. Yeah. So what have you been playing besides Monkey Ball this week? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> but, just monkey. Just but, really but Monkey the, Ball. Really, actually. I did this month's tournament in in Mario Golf to get the Toad colors. <laughs> the Toad. Also, there's an infamous racing portion of Mafia. I forgot to bring that oh. up. There's like a a really hard race that people are that that game is notorious for. It's very difficult. I beat that the first try. Granted, it was normal difficulty, but I will say I did beat that first try. I did it one one a one time through. Oh, I, I, I wish I could discuss the story and the characters, but I, I would say that would be safe. Well, like once I play episode. it, we could do a spoiler yeah. episode, a whole special like we, we do plan a... on doing with Village. <laughs> because you should not be spoiled in the story. The story is, the Mafia stories are movie, like, worth writing. Well, if they were adapted to, like, a TV show or a movie, it would be pretty good. I, you've said that before, actually. Yeah. You said that would be a good movie, uh, game to movie it's, adaptation. Oh, especially 2. 2 is, would be a great movie. Yeah. I, before this week, I actually ran something that also would be a good, uh, you know, game to movie or TV show adaptation that also had a racing mode, and that is the Death Stranding Director's (laughs) Cut. (laughs) I forgot that had a racing mode. Yeah, it does have a racing mode. Kind of have the same cars, too. Oh, yeah, it's it's got that, like like a roadster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... We'll probably touch on this more next week, but, you know, I've played through all the new content, and maybe I'll give it a little bit of breathing room uh, toward the tail end of another episode, but I've been playing... I've not played this week. Uh, It's been a while, but I I did complete all the new stuff, so I want to talk about that at some point here, and I finished all the, you know, DLC and Ghost of Tsushima. I've also been... Actually, last night, I went back to um, Circle of the Moon, which I've been working through and I mm-hmm. want to talk about that maybe with Metroid Dread next week. Um, so we might have a little time for that if <laughs> Dread does not consume the entirety of <laughs> my discussion of games next week. Um, but we shall see. So between Monkey Ball and Mafia, I'd say we had a <laughs> pretty good week with games. I'd say we were both pretty happy with what we've been playing. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm pretty, pretty happy yeah. about you know what, how Mafia turned out to be. Yeah. Both of us are playing remakes from, like, the early, you know, PS1, P- or not PS1 days, like, early PS2 days. I know Monkey Ball is, like, a 2002 thing, and or 2001 even, and Mafia probably came around the same time, so. Good stuff, game companies. Anyway, Robert, would you say we handled an episode this week? Uh, that should, yeah, that should handle this week's episode on news and what we played. Alright. So we all know what's coming next week. Metroid Dread. I don't care if there's a Nintendo Direct and a PlayStation showcase next week. We gotta talk about Metroid Dread. We'll um, talk about it. Oh boy. Anyway, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a great rating and review. Download an episode, subscribe, listen to us wherever you go. And if you don't like Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean site. Please follow our Twitter at Markers on the Map. We post on there. We post our links on there. And eventually, 
<laughs> I will be posting just, like, funny things. I've already posted some funny things, especially, like, the 50th episode picture. I thought that was pretty funny. So, with that being said, I guess there's not much left to say. Except for what we always say. And that is that the real Hasbro Family Game Night 2 was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.